grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Would you pray with me? Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to sit and receive your word. We pray that you would lead us by your spirit. Remove distractions from our minds and from our ears and from our hearts so that we would hear your word clearly. So many things that want to pull our attention away from you, and we pray, Lord, that you would focus us always back on Jesus. In his name we pray, amen. There were just a couple of years that my family and I lived out in the Midwest, and it was really an interesting experience for a Southern California kid born and raised to experience winter. You know in Southern California, we don't really have winter, we have some rain, And we actually look forward to it because then things turn green. It's kind of backwards from a lot of the country. During winter in most of the country, things turn white or gray or black or brown. All the life in them goes dormant for a while. In Southern California, we we actually are looking forward to a little bit of that water so that flowers might grow and grasses might turn the hills green, right? Well, out in the Midwest, I noticed this really interesting phenomenon within our household. You see, as the ground was cluttered with all of the leaves from autumn and as things kind of wilted away and went away and turned very monochrome, our house got very busy. There was a little less activity going on outdoors and all of a sudden during the wintertime, the coats and scarves and mittens and boots and gloves and everything that went along with the coldness outside now all of a sudden started to build up inside. And, you know, initially we had places for them and places to hang them, but then it just started to be any chair that was around or mat on the floor that could handle the muddy boots. Whatever it was, it just got cluttered in the house. You see, then spring came. And you probably feel this too, and especially here in Southern California, we start to see it. You start to see garage sales popping up, and you start to see yard sales coming about as everybody is going through their house and spring cleaning, getting the clutter out of the house. That's how we felt in the Midwest too. You would take all those winter things and wash them and package them up and put them down in the basement and get them gone, and all of a sudden there was a fresh air in the house, and you started to see life come back and popping up through the snow or mud and you got to see these grasses that were dormant coming green again and tulips coming up. It was a beautiful time in the spring. As the Passover of the Jews was happening, Jesus was walking along in the spring. It's kind of an interesting thing to think of. If this people of God was almost in a winter of faith. See, things had gone a little dormant and the clutter started to come in. And as Jesus had come in during this feast of the Passover, when several hundred thousands of God's people were gathering around Jerusalem in this week before the Passover, he walks across the Temple Mount and he starts to see the busyness of the world cluttering in, in this place that was set aside for God. Remember the Temple Mount, there is the high place in Jerusalem. It's about 35 to 36 acres. That's a lot. One football field is about seven and a half acres. So think about that for a second. Five to six football fields worth of space. 
And you can imagine how many people you can fit on a football field. Well, now multiply that. And you've got a fair idea of the size of this place and how many people could fit up there, along with the oxen and the sheep and, you know, at this point, the money changers and everything else. But see that Temple Mount, the large areas around the edges is where people would gather to learn, but they were focused on God's Word. It was where teachers would gather to teach, but it was about God's Word. And now in this day when Jesus had walked up there, the busyness of the marketplace had made its way in. Now, probably with good intent, well-intended hearts saying, you know, there's lots of folks coming in from all over the place. Why don't we sell to them the sacrificial animals? And why don't we offer up an opportunity for them to change their monies into the one type of coin that's able to be received at the temple for the temple tax? And we'll just provide these out of a convenience for people. Yet, it started to become a distraction. You see, all those things could very well happen outside of that temple mount. They could happen outside the courts of the temple. They could happen down in the streets. But, you know, like going to a ball game, it's nice to have food there and you don't have to bring your own. Now, they charge you a lot more for it. But, you know, it's convenient. It's there. It's easy. But they can also become a distraction. So as Jesus walks along in that place, he sees that things are going on that are not focused upon God, but they're focused upon the people's actions. They're focused upon what the people are doing as they come into that place. They're not necessarily focused upon God's Word. So he starts to drive them out starts to do a little spring cleaning up on the Temple Mount. And this is not something that would happen very quickly, but something that would go on for quite a while as new people came up with their things that would be distractions. And as he would turn people away and drive animals out of the gates of the Temple Mount and lead them back out into the streets. It's a lot of ground to cover. It's a lot of area to cleanse. I want you to think for a second of the things that might distract you from God's Word? And what are the things that are going on outside your window at this moment? What are the sounds you're hearing in the rest of the house? What are all these other things that start to distract you away from what is going on as God gives you His beautiful gifts through His Word? See, I think if we were to line up a, th- a list of things that we consider distractions, feeling God might shake his head at those things. I say, those aren't distractions. Those are the things I want in my house. We start to think of a crying child in the middle of a worship service and wonder why the parent with that child hasn't taken them out of the service and how disrespectful they might be for leaving them there because it's distracting me from hearing God's word instead of rejoicing over the fact that God has given life and brought that life close to his word. We might start focusing in a little too deeply on how somebody's shoes don't look right or how could that person wear that? How could they look that way, smell that way? Whatever it might be, we start to get distracted with our thoughts of the political surroundings around us and we start to let our minds wander into all kinds of different avenues of life. Satan distracting us sometimes with the things that we think would be so holy. As the Jews 
thought they were doing great by focusing in on those sacrifices that were there. That was a portion of that festival of Passover, yet it had gotten to a point where it wasn't focused upon God anymore. A little spring cleaning needed to happen. In the Old Testament reading, as we heard that this morning, you hear of the commandments that are in there, and I want you to go back when you have time and remember that third commandment listed. Remember the Sabbath day, keeping it holy, keeping it sacred, setting it apart for a particular purpose. And I'm sure as you well remember your small catechism, we hear Luther's short explanation for the third commandment, right? We should fear and love God so that we do not despise preaching and His Word, but gladly hear and learn it. Gladly hear that Word. You see, as Jesus walked upon that temple mount, And the Pharisees started asking him, what sign do you give us for doing these things? Why are you kicking everybody out? Why are you ushering out the sacrifices for the rich and the poor, from the oxen to the pigeons? Why are you clearing all of that out during this feast that we have done for year after year after year? Jesus first answers with this. This is to be a house of prayer. And next he says, look, Destroy this temple, this sanctuary, this place where God dwells, and I'll raise it up again in three days. Now that confused them. It took 46 years to build that temple up on that mount. It took a long time for them to make this house of God, and Jesus stands before them and says, that's great, but I'm with you. I'm God in your presence. And it didn't make sense to them right away. Oftentimes, when we come into a place of worship, we might be focused upon our works in the midst of that worship as well and forget about the fact that it is God that comes to us through His Word and His sacraments. It's God promising His gifts and proclaiming them into your ears so that you would hear the forgiveness of your sins. It may not have made sense to the disciples or the people up there on that Temple Mount when Jesus said that initially, but... He was raised from the dead. It became clear. See, you've got the benefit of hindsight in the midst of this and being able to look back and say, Jesus did raise from the dead. Jesus has ascended to the Father. Jesus does have power over death and the devil. And He is the one that brings life. He's the one that we trust to cleanse out our hearts from distractions. He's the one that we look to to send His Holy Spirit to guide us in the Word, to lead us in the Word, so that our eyes would not be distracted and our ears would not start listening to all the other things that are around us, but that we would be focused solely upon Jesus and His Word. That beautiful Word of forgiveness of your sins, that beautiful Word of life into eternity, that beautiful promise that comes to you in the hearing of His Word. We should not despise the hearing of His Word or the preaching of it, but gladly hear it and learn it. Any opportunity we have to be given that gracious word, to grab hold of those opportunities and look forward to that time and set that time aside as a wonderful, special place, knowing that God comes through His word for your good. 
It's not just a checkbox to mark off and say, I did that during the week. But to know that God's promised presence comes through the hearing of his word and the receiving of his sacraments. As God gives his beautiful gifts to you. And all that becomes really clear. Knowing that Jesus has raised from the dead. For the forgiveness of your sins and the strengthening of your faith. We pray each day that we would be focused in upon that and that all the clutter and all the distractions would be removed so that we could clearly see Jesus. Amen. We pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we look to you to clear our eyes. We pray that you would send your spirit daily, that when you have your word spoken to us, that we would hear it and that it would sink deep within our hearts that it would shape our lives, that we would be reminded and know for certain the fact that we are your children. You have given us identity in Jesus. And we pray, Lord, that you lead us this day. Lead us to your son, Christ, and then lead us out into the world as we take care of those around us, knowing that we are loved by you through him. In his name we pray.